This episode of the Run Lift Mom podcast is brought to you by Sunita Athletics. Sunita Athletics is a female-owned company, and the only thing better than the style and quality is the price, you heard? These days, I am living in the commuter pants by Sunita Athletics. I love them because, of course, as the name would suggest, you can commute right into the office with them. I wear them for church and date night. They're not frumpy looking. They're as comfortable as fitness wear. Sunita Athletics knocked it out of the park with the commuter pants. To learn more about this brand, just go to runliftmompod.com slash Sunita. That's runliftmompod.com slash Sunita, S-E-N-I-T-A. Welcome to the Run Lift Mom podcast, where we're talking about running, lifting, and momming, not necessarily in that order. Today, I've got a conversation for you with my friend, Kelly Blavitt. Her journey to the New York City Marathon had a lot of twists and turns, beginning with the fact that she was supposed to do, for her very first marathon ever, New York City 2020. (laughs) You know what happened that year, right? But guess what? Kelly did a virtual instead. She had trained her body for 26.2 miles, and she did it. She came back in 2021 to run the streets of the Big Apple, but she's here today to both compare and contrast a virtual marathon to an in-person marathon. Spoiler alert, there are pros to each. And then she also talks a little bit about being a mother runner, specifically modeling healthy behavior for kids, not just consistency, but also resiliency and even disappointment when it presents itself. This is such an inspiring conversation. Don't forget to listen to the end when Kelly talks about her journey to being a marathoner. It began with just moving her body for 30 minutes a day. Could she move for 30 minutes a day? And now she is a two-time marathoner and counting. Without further ado, Kelly Blavitt. All right. Welcome, Kelly Blavitt, to the Run Lift Mom podcast. How are you doing today? So happy to be here, Susie. Good morning. I am so jazzed to get into your New York City Marathon experience. But first, go ahead and tell me a little bit about your running and momming background. So here's the funny thing about running. I have history, but took a really long break. So I ran um, cross country and track in high school. I was always the long distance track runner, the mile, the 3,000. I hurt my knee junior year in high school many, many years ago and was convinced that basically I couldn't run ever again. And because we all have this misconception that running is bad on our knees, right? But it's not. So after 20 years, I got back to running because I simply just wanted to get moving again. I had two small boys. This was back in 2019 been a stay-at-home mom for years and basically thought that like running them around and doing all of the mom things was keeping me moving, but it wasn't nearly as much. Boys are now six and eight years old. And now that they're in school full-time, I have gone back to work, but we've made running part of our family. 
You, you saw that gap there, right? And you filled it with running. It's really neat to me that you went back to running. A lot of people maybe ran right in high school or college or something, but haven't found that reason to revisit it. Was there something about running where you like, hey, I've got kind of got a knack for this? Or was it a feeling that running gave you? Like what what made it the thing? So the combination of things, I think deep down, I missed it. I missed the feeling I got after having a good run. But quite honestly, it was convenient. We had a treadmill and the boys could play and I could run on the treadmill. And then I didn't have to worry about childcare or anything like that. They could still be home and I could still get my workout in. Kelly, we share this. Treadmill is a really great tool for running. And you bring up a really great point about just that it can it can grow in the different seasons of life. I've definitely seen your boys getting involved, right? Most definitely. They are, one, disappointed if they miss my run in the morning. They want to make sure they're there to, to see it happen. But they're also my biggest fans, along with my husband, for races. They come out for every race and are always at the finish line. And, you know, they are now interested in running themselves, which was an added side effect, I'd say, to me getting started running again. Not a bad side effect. Okay, let's talk about racing. I've brought you on specifically to talk about New York City, which is a race that so many people have on their goal list or that they want to do. You got to do it. It's exciting. Tell me why you chose New York City and touch on your training a little bit. Sure. So Back in 2019, same year I started running, same year I started working a little bit. Again, I had a training up in New York City, and it was as the city was preparing for the New York City Marathon. I had literally just run my first half like two weeks before and had said, no way, I'm not going to do a marathon. Half was perfect. I worked really hard to do it. But then, you know how it works. I got this like little thought in the back of my brain. and. I had really no idea what it meant to run a major marathon. Clearly, I was familiar with the New York City Marathon. It's like the biggest race in the world. And I'm originally from New York. So I I knew about it, but I didn't know what it meant to get into running the marathon. So I started doing a little bit of research and I was like a lottery 50,000 people, so many people try to get into the lottery. So I was looking to see any other way to get into the race. And I learned you could run for charity. Philanthropy is a big part of our day-to-day lives and something we actively teach our boys about. And this was like the ultimate opportunity to fundraise, but also to physically participate in something for a cause beyond myself. So I learned that you could run for the Alzheimer's Association. And after my dad was diagnosed with early onset Alzheimer's in 2013, I I admit I kind of felt helpless. Uh, There's not a big role to play in recovery, so to speak, for a patient who has Alzheimer's or more specifically for a parent who has Alzheimer's. It's a brutal process to watch. And I knew that this would give me a tangible thing to do and would allow me to make my miles matter. And I'm pretty sure I reached out to you, Susie, and was like, can I run a marathon like after only running for a year? 
And in typical Susie fashion, she's like, I got a training plan for that and I can help you and we can make this happen. And so I was set to run in 2020, the 50th anniversary of the New York City Marathon. I had actively fundraised. I was ready to go. The training plan was written into my calendar. So therefore, it had to happen. And just like everything else, it it was COVID canceled. And I was really disappointed. I cannot imagine you did this for charity. And I want to emphasize that charity running is really, really meaningful. And it can make a marathon, especially your first marathon, even more so. It's bigger than you and those 26.2 miles worth of steps. And it's incredible that your experience specifically was to honor what your dad had been through and an organization that creates research and opportunities for folks struggling with Alzheimer's, families as well, education. It's just fantastic. You got hit by the 2020 COVID cancellations though. Yikes. I I sure did. I can remember knowing like in my heart that it was going to be canceled. I, I registered in March, like right before the world kind of shut down and we pivoted to being home. And right after that, it kind of became clear that life as we knew it was about to change. And in my heart of hearts, I knew it was going to be canceled. But then when it did get canceled, I remember I wasn't angry as much as I was just sad. Like it had been this we're going to be good by then kind of thing to look forward to. And I remember just really being sad and crying and, you know, maybe that was not the right response. And maybe it was, you know, built up of all the emotions of being home basically in lockdown for all those months. But at the same time, it, it showed the kids that like, Mommy can be upset too. We can all be disappointed when things that we want to do during COVID don't happen. And then I just had to figure out if I was going to continue to feel sorry for myself that it got canceled, like I was the only one that was affected by it, clearly not, or if I was just going to keep putting one foot in front of the other and make it happen some way anyway. Now, you did a blog recap for this race, and I'm definitely going to link it below. So listener, I want you to click details or swipe up to see the full details. Kelly, you said, though, like, I'm a planner. Planning and making arrangements is my thing. (laughs) So that gives us like some insight into your mindset and maybe the level of disappointment that you're describing. Talk to me about how you dealt with that. We, we've already heard some tears. And more importantly, how you did model healthy behavior for your kids. So like I said, I, I literally had written the plan into my planner, like my training plan. I was all set, knew when I was going to run what, the, you know, the big day on the calendar with the marathon written in, hotel reservations made, we, we were ready to go. And then I basically had already mentally committed to the fact that I was going to run a marathon in 2020. And I didn't, I wasn't going to let a pandemic slow me down. So after feeling sad, I basically said, I'm going to do it anyway. There was a window where we could complete the marathon virtually. 
for New York City. Everyone always says your first marathon should have crowd support. It should be really important. All these things, and I and I laughed. I ran a marathon, my very first marathon, entirely by myself in loops from my house. I would run eight or nine miles and come home and refuel, and the boys would check in with me. My husband would check in with me to see how much farther I had to go, and I'd go back out and I'd come home and. I wouldn't change the experience of crossing the tape that my husband was holding with the boys coming in to finish my first marathon in front of my house with my friends and family for anything. But it was definitely not the experience I was originally planning for. I want to make sure the listener is hearing you correctly. You ran the 26.2 miles that you had trained for virtually. Laps in your neighborhood, like you said, it's it's amazing. It's like you had trained for it, so you just went out there and did it. You know, I realized with each half that I had done that I learned so much from the training, and so I figured I needed to go through the training plan so that way I could figure out where my weaknesses were, and I learned so much from that twenty mile run in the first go round that helped me when I ran that virtual marathon that I know I took with me into training this year for the quote unquote real deal to avoid the little bit of knee pain or really to avoid the hip pain that had plagued me the year before. So going through the training was so worth it, was hard, but worth it for sure. Can I ask, before we move into 2021, because hello, spoiler alert, you got to do the New York City Marathon in person after that COVID cancellation and virtual, I want to know how long you allowed yourself to be like angry and sad. You mentioned the tears. How how long did you allow yourself to kind of have that period before you flipped it and said, you know what, we're going to make lemonade out of lemons? To be honest, it was it wasn't that long. I imagine other people would say it felt longer, <laughs> but I wanted to use it as a teaching example. In in hindsight, I think we were all navigating this time where we didn't really know how to react to things getting canceled, and so I definitely did cry. And then once I committed to the fact that I was going to train and run it anyway. I was so focused on doing that. My mantra kind of became that I was running for those who couldn't and making those miles matter made me able to push the the disappointment away and just focus on that. What a blessing in disguise, right? You decide that you want to run for charity, make those miles bigger than yourself, and then that significance ends up pulling you through what would be a really long-term experience. A hundred percent. I think once the miles became more than my own, it was easier to focus on the fact that this is just a setback and someday I will be able to do the actual marathon and just focus on what you can control versus what you can't. Great advice. All right, 2021 rolls around and you finally get to do the actual marathon. Tell us about your race experience in New York City, Kelly. So it's just a little bit different than running around my neighborhood. There were 
tens of thousands of people instead of just me. But the whole experience was surreal. You know, I walked up Fifth Avenue in the early morning hours of race day to get the bus at the public library, made friends on the bus, and we rode over and then began the big wait in Staten Island. Um, for five hours, we sat and waited for our start times. And it was amazing to be part of this much bigger experience. You had people from all over coming together, all with the common goal of running the same 26.2 miles. So the energy was amazing pre-race. And, you know, I had to really adjust my mindset. You know, when I ran my own marathon, I got to sleep in my own bed. I got to get out of bed, eat breakfast like I would at home, have all the comforts of home versus, you know, a five hour waiting experience <laughs> along the Verrazano Bridge. But it is all part of the, the bigger race experience. And n there is nothing like standing on top of the Verrazano Bridge that I had driven over so many times that day to, to run across. And the weather was perfect. It was perfect running weather in the 40s. And I was completely taken away by the number of people who came out along the race course to support the runners. And But then I thought about this was a city who, who needed this as much as I did. They were so excited to have you know this piece of normal back into their November, just like all the runners were. There is something amazing about New York City. I, I did it a few years ago. My experience was not like yours in that the city had been waiting on the runners. But similarly, it's really interesting what that race means to the city. You can be a non-runner and New York just appreciates this, this struggle and this celebration. It's a party. Oh, it was 100% a party. and. That's the other funny thing. When I ran my virtual marathon, I, I listened to an audiobook the whole time so that I could regulate my pace. And because otherwise, when I listen to music, I sometimes run too fast and I knew I needed to slow myself down. You don't need to listen to anything because there is constant sound and cheering and music and so much going on around you. It, it is truly a, a, a very positive uh, distraction. So obviously the crowds, that was very different. I mean, you and your neighborhood listening to an audiobook versus the city being on fire for you for 26.2 miles and through five boroughs. Were there things about your experience from virtual to the New York City Marathon that were the same, though? There were definitely parts that were the same. When it gets hard, because it definitely gets hard um, when you're running 26.2 I had to dig deep the same way. And the other part that was the same, whether it was at, at my house or in New York City, my husband and my boys were at the finish line for me and they were waiting. And the interesting thing is we, we set our own time goals or goals that we want to meet when we run because we're runners and that's what we do to ourselves. And they quite honestly don't care when I finish. They just want to see me finish. And knowing that they were there, especially when it got hard, was the impetus I needed to just dig deep and keep going. 
Kelly, between you and me and the person listening, when it gets really hard for me on a race course, (laughs) I do a visualization thing, but I don't visualize the finish line. I visualize like the people. I like go through each of my kids and I'll think about like what they look like smiling or laughing. (laughs) It is powerful to really think about the, the people that make it important and the why and for after mile 20 you gotta do a lot of digging sometimes when it gets a little tough out there i want to bring it back to the people you mentioned that your boys saw you training and training and training and then your race got canceled so then they got to see mommy do that 26.2 anyway and then they get to see you do the actual race. Talk about modeling the example of seeing a goal through long-term. Kudos to you, girlfriend. Thanks, Susie. And the, you'll appreciate this because I got back to the hotel. I met them after the race. And my oldest, who is eight, says to me, so someday we can do this together, right? Oh, so and, cool. And I was like, you better believe it. And he followed it up in the weeks after. He's like, so when I turn 18, I think that's when we'll do it. We'll do it together. I was like, oh, man, mommy's going to be a lot older in another 10 years. But sure. (laughs) You planted that seed. And you know what? Hopefully it grows. It sounds like it might if he's mentioning his aging in. Right. Well, and and how, how amazing would it be, whether it's in 10 years or whenever, to have that experience with him? come from this time watching me do it. I mean, I don't think as a parent, you could want anything more for your kids than to to see something you're doing and then want to model it the same way. Absolutely. You know, we opened up this conversation with you had done some running in high school and then life and then having your boys and being able to train throughout those early years on the treadmill and then modeling this great healthy behavior for you. I just want to emphasize again how it's really neat that you've met running in each season of life. And I feel like running is so special in that you can pick it up and put it down maybe for 20 years and you can pick it back up and use your body back into going from no running to in what a year and a half having the ability to run a marathon. I would have never, ever in a lifetime thought that's where I would have wound up when in January of 2019, I was like, I got to get my body moving for 30 minutes a day. So it, it is, it's an amazing gift to be able to pick running back up and have it as part of my life. May I ask, so was that the, the exact timeline? So January 2019, you were like 30 minutes of movement. Yes, 30 minutes of movement come January of 19. By fall of 19 is when I ran a 12 miler and with your expert advice was able to uh, reverse taper and run a half marathon six weeks later. And by January of 2020, I was like, yeah, I'm going to sign up for the New York City Marathon in November. I want to mention it simply because, I mean, that was not that long ago, right? That was a little short of three years ago. And sometimes when we think about three years, 
In the future, it seems so long. But three years ago, when we do the reverse, it's just not that long ago. You went from, I'm going to move 30 minutes a day, to now two-time marathoner and a handful of half marathons. Congratulations, Kelly. Thank you very much. And honestly, Susie, I don't, it kind of just snowballed (laughs) really quickly. And I, I feel really fortunate that along the way, our paths crossed and I, I had this little Susie angel on my shoulder cheering me on the whole time. Oh, well, likewise about our paths crossing and hopefully we'll get to race sometime soon. Speaking of, though, tell listeners what's next for you. Where can they find you to connect online? Yeah, so the interesting thing is I'm helping to coordinate a family fun 5K uh, at work. And so that will be up next in March for me. But as far as next marathon on the horizon, I am uh, going to run in Chicago in October, again, for the Alzheimer's Association. And I kind of thought I was going to be one and done with marathons, but I registered for that in the car on the way home from New York, more because I, I feel like my I'm not done with marathons yet, but I'm certainly not done with continuing um, to honor my dad and raise awareness for the Alzheimer's Association. So we'll be doing Chicago this year and still working on my spring half schedule. And you can always find me at inspireactivestyle.com. Well, you are an inspiration. You are creating an amazing legacy. Congratulations, Kelly, on your virtual New York City and your New York City. We will keep tabs on you, girl, to see how Chicago goes. Thanks, Susie. I really appreciate it. Oh, girl, we're going to be cheering you all the way on to Chicago 2022. I am so jazzed. You are going for marathon number three after number one and number two. We appreciate your New York City experience. It is unique and what a fantastic perspective. Listener, you can connect with Kelly at inspireactivestyle.com. She is a blogger and she writes about things running lifestyle related. That's inspireactivestyle.com. I'm also going to put her links to the socials. You can find her at inspire.active.style on Instagram. All the places, click details or swipe up for those links and to connect with Kelly. And until I get into your earpiece again, remember, for while bodily training is of some value, godliness is of value in every way, as it holds promise for the present life and also for the life to come. That's from 1 Timothy 4.8, and this has been the Run Lift Mom Podcast.